0: Kansas anymore?
1: Are you ready? I'm just getting warmed up. This
0: task was appointed to you. I say I want the treat. I say we take off and move the entire site in the Dodge that.
1: Hello listeners, I'm Billy, PR and Communications Officer here at the BBFC, and today I'm joined by one of our Compliance Officers, Chris, to talk about the reclassification of films. Hi Chris, and welcome back.
0: Yeah, it's nice to be back again.
1: Yeah, the last time you were on we were talking about Avengers Infinity War and... Wonder Woman. Yeah, Yeah. so today we've got a, a range of different films that we're going to be talking about, but to start off... Why don't we just establish what reclassification means?
0: Sure, so simply put, uh, reclassification is when something uh, comes into us and it already has an existing rating, it may be reassigned a new rating under new guidelines. So for example, it could go up or down. We might have things which were previously a U, which go up to a PG, or something that was an 18 and it's come down to a 15. And the idea is that every time we view something, we're kind of looking at it, you know, fresh. So when something is first submitted to us, we're obviously reviewing it under the current guidelines and then we give it its initial classification. But then sometimes things will be submitted later down the line, whether it's a DVD release or uh, perhaps like a number of years later, something Mm -hmm. which will be coming in again for like an anniversary release or something like that. And when it has an existing category in place, we're looking at, is that rating reasonable and defensible? That's the kind of question that we're constantly asking ourselves. And in some cases, it may be something that's you know quite old and was viewed under like previous guidelines might not be reasonable and defensible under the current guidelines. And in those cases, that's when we put forward the argument for reclassification.
1: So, how do we decide which films get to be reclassified?
0: Yeah, well, this is a good question. It's something I get asked quite a lot by friends. Or I've got three older brothers who are all kind of raised in the 1980s. So <laughs> sometimes they will watch something from their childhood and say like, "Oh, that'll never get a PG nowadays. Like, why don't you reclassify it?" And the simple fact is like, it's not really our decision what gets reclassified you yeah, know we can't really kind of pick and choose like what's going to be be seen and this just simply isn't enough time to kind of go back and rewatch every film that's ever been created every like three or four years to kind of view it under new guidelines <laughs> Uh, so the simple fact is that uh, it's not really our choice, what we reconsider. It's at the discretion of the distributors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they're releasing a new version of something, perhaps it's got a slightly different aspect ratio, or it's a new anniversary release or something like that. Or uh, a director's cut. Uh, yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, so it's those things that get submitted to us, and that's when we rewatch them and consider the reclassification. And a lot of this is kind of based on the procedure of our guidelines. So every four to five years, we undertake a huge guidelines review. And this involves surveying 10,000 people through questionnaires and focus groups. And then we take all that data and collate it and use that to redraft our guidelines and then reflect those kind of changes and things in the decisions that we make.
1: Fantastic. So we've mentioned this previously on the podcast before, but going further back into our ratings themselves, um, they've changed as well as our guidelines, haven't they?
0: Uh, Yeah. uh, if we go like right back to the 1910s when the BBFC was created.
1: Bit of a history lesson everyone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to start with we just had two ratings which was U or A. And this was then expanded in the 1930s to include an H rating for kind of like horror films. And then this grew again in the sort of 1940s and 50s to include the double A and the X rating. And these went through until the early '80s. I think it's around 1982 when the ratings that we're more familiar with today kind of got introduced with the UPG 15 and the 18. So then, after the Video Recordings Act in 1984, we had this kind of huge surge of videos coming in, and many of them were films which had been previously classified under the old rating system. Mm. Uh, so now they had to be given new ratings under this you know, new UPG 15 or 18.
1: So you mentioned uh, most of the classifications that we use in present day, but the ones you missed out uh, were 12 and 12A?
0: Ah, Well spotted. (laughs) Uh, So the 12 wasn't introduced until 1989. I think Tim Burton's Batman was the first film to be rated 12. Mm -hmm. And then it was just for cinema releases. Mm. It didn't come in for video until 1994. And then it was a little bit later in the early 2000s that the 12A came in, and that's just for cinema releases. But the problem that that created during the 1980s was for those kind of films a bit like Batman that kind of aimed at that, early teen audience there was Mm. uh, a big gap in between pg and 15 before the 12 and this led to some films being classified maybe a little bit leniently at pg or maybe a little bit harshly at 15 and then since then as time's moved on and things we've been able to kind of fill in that gap with the creation of the 12 and then later 12a so good examples of this are gremlins and ghostbusters Mm -hmm. Uh, they both came out in 1984 Uh, ghostbusters was then rated a pg whilst gremlins was a 15. And more recently they've come in for new cinema releases and in both cases the films have now gone to 12A. So in the case of Gremlins this was coming down to a 12A and now has the insight moderate violence and fantasy horror. Uh, while Ghostbusters have been reclassified up to a 12A for moderate sex references.
1: And we have had some cases where films have been reclassified more than once haven't we?
0: Uh, yeah, so a topical example might be Steven Spielberg's Jaws, which some people might be revisiting this summer with The Meg coming out in cinemas. Definitely. Um, so, Jaws was a film that originally was an A upon its cinema release in 1975, but then this was changed to a PG in 1987 under the new certificate system, and then it was resubmitted again in 2012 for a new cinema release, and it was viewed under like the current guidelines at the time, and it was seen as being slightly on the border of 12A and 15 but was eventually reclassified 12A for moderate threat and occasional gory moments.
1: Jaws is a really good example of how classification can change over time and that leads to the reclassification. Are there any other aspects that factor into it?
0: Yeah, so one of them is the way that special effects and things kind of change and certain aspects may look a little bit dated over time. So a good example of this would be uh, Hammer Horror's Dracula from 1958, the, the one starring uh, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. That was originally cut for an X rating, in 1958 for some scenes of violence and then this was eventually past 15 uncut when it came in on video in 1997 Uh, and then it was seen again in 2007 where it's reclassified 12a and when you kind of think of that gap between 1997 and 2007 I think of you know we had the kind of the blade films Buffy the Vampire Slayer and that kind of vampire violence and things has really changed over time and it was seen that the very old kind of effects and things from the 1950s looked very dated the kind of presentation of it all was very melodramatic and over the top and it just didn't have the same kind of impact and things as it did and that's one of the things that can lead to something getting a different classification as, as time moves on and that kind of carries on into you know things like violence in more recent films as well so things that were often regarded as kind of you know, big 18 films of the 1980s, so, you know, Terminator, Predator, Die Hard. Compared to some of the 18-rated films that we get nowadays, like uh, the kind of ultra-violence and things in the Saw franchise, those 1980s films all look slightly tamer by comparison. So to kind of reflect that over time, those have all been reclassified 15.
1: You mentioned some of the '80s classics just then. So, sticking with the '80s theme, one film that's receiving a theatrical re-release at the moment, and also is currently on in the West End as a musical, is Heather's. So, what can we say about that?
0: Yeah, so Heather's is quite an interesting example of how uh, thematic elements of the film kind of take precedent over you know a very specific issue, you know, like a scene of violence or something. So, for anyone who might not have seen it, Heather's is set in a high school in which a young woman, Veronica, is sick of being involved with a kind of clique of spoiled rich girls who are all called Heather. And when she befriends a mysterious bad boy named JD, who's played by Christine Slater, the two begin killing off some of their classmates but disguising the murders as suicides. And then this sets the school and the local community to discussing the, the theme of teenage suicide and then through the rest of the film it kind of leads to some very dark but often thought-provoking satire. So the film was first submitted to us in 1989, briefly under an alternate title which was Lethal Attraction but this was soon changed to Heather's. And the compliance officers, or examiners as they were then, were somewhat divided over what they thought of the film, with one of them describing it as the blackest of black comedies, bewildering and then destined for cult status, (laughs) while the other was uh, slightly less enthusiastic and feared that the film may glamorise teen suicide and called it a, a very irresponsible film that holds an insidious introverted sickness. But they were in agreement that the film was best placed at 18 because of this theme of teenage suicide. And the distributor at the time had asked whether or not cuts could be made to achieve a 15. But the problem was is that because it's not that specific element or scene and it's more of this pervasive theme throughout the film, that it just mm. couldn't be cut. And it's one of the things where you know we are at a liberty to deny a distributor's request to, to have cuts if we feel certain cuts may damage the narrative or the film as a whole. Okay. Uh, and in this case, it was felt that the film was best placed uncut at 18. The film was uh, then re-released on video in 1995, where it was still an 18, and it maintained that upon uh, future submissions in 2002 and 2004. But then in 2008, it came in again, and under the guidelines at the time, it was reclassified 15, as the examiners felt that under the current guidelines, it had quite a lot of appeal to you know mid-teen audiences Mm. and the although the treatment of the issue is, is you know is a quite dark topic it was done in a way that teenagers would understand it and follow the satire and understand the messages that the film was saying and had a lot of merit for that audience as well who were kind of going through that you know the high school secondary school sort of phase of their lives and so yeah so it was classified 15 then.
1: So then the film came in more recently for its new re-release. Has anything changed since that 2008 reclassification?
0: Uh, so not in terms of the film's classification like it's still a 15 under current guidelines but it still has a lot of appeal and is best placed to that category because of the way that it kind of you know is dealing with a serious issue which is again quite topical in the wake of netflix's uh, 13 reasons why mm-hmm. but then there's also like just film mid-teens and things it's quite an important film just culturally kind of the elements of stylization the film's kind of status as a uh, cult classic And the kind of popularity of kind of 1980s nostalgia all contributed to having a lot of kind of appeal and interest for that kind of 15 audience as well.
1: And not to mention Winona Ryder, who many may know from the Netflix series Stranger Things.
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And that's another good example of uh, 80s nostalgia.
1: Thank you so much for coming on again, Chris. It was really great to hear about reclassification and I hope this was interesting for you guys at home. And uh, don't forget you can tell us what you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast by sending us an email to podcast at bbfc.co.uk or tweeting us at BBFC. And uh, thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll be back soon with more insight into the BBFC's classification from past and present. Goodbye, Chris. Bye. (laughs)